Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn what it means if you have an intense hatred of certain movements like fidgeting, why fear of blood makes you faint, and why your quote-unquote ghost problem might be caused by infrasound. Let's satisfy some quote-unquote curiosity. Does seeing someone fidget make you annoyed or anxious or angry? If so, you're not alone. Scientists from the University of British Columbia recently discovered that roughly a third of the population might suffer from misokinesia, or a hatred of movement. You've probably heard about misophonia. That's an extreme sensitivity to sounds like slurping, chewing, or the ticking of a clock. We talked about it on Curiosity Daily back in July, and it's estimated to affect between 6 and 20% of people. In the last few decades, scientific research on misophonia has grown, but its close cousin, misokinesia, has flown under the radar. The two disorders are closely linked, and they seem to often occur together. Think about someone constantly clicking a pen or tapping their fingers on a table— The noise and repeated motion can be equally triggering, although some people are only affected by one or the other. Todd Handy is the senior author of a new study into this phenomenon, and he became interested in misokinesia after a date confessed that his fidgeting was stressing her out. Yikes. This is the first ever study to examine misokinesia specifically. So Handy and his colleagues started by trying to figure out how common it was. That's why the team conducted three separate experiments involving a total of 4,100 participants. And they found that about a third of them had a strong emotional response to seeing people fidget. Their reactions varied from mild annoyance to frustration that was so intense it made them avoid social events. Older people seemed to be especially sensitive. People fidget the most when they're nervous, and the team thinks that could explain why squirming is so distressing for people with this condition. Our brain's mirror neuron system helps us understand other people's intentions and behaviors by mimicking their actions. Even if you don't actually mimic what you're witnessing physically, those areas of your own brain activate as if you're making the motions yourself. Mirror neurons are also key to feeling empathy. So if you see someone get hurt, you'll wince because your brain mirrors their experience and emotions. When it comes to fidgeting, mesokinesics are picking up on the stress that the squirmer is feeling. So if a coworker's incessant swiveling in their chair drives you to distraction, just know that your feelings are real and shared by more people than you might think. When you're scared, your body tends to jump into action. Your heart races and your blood pressure rises. This is true for all phobias, whether it's a fear of heights or spiders or clowns. All that is, except for one, a fear of blood. I'm talking about blood injury injection, or BII, phobia. And when people with BII phobia encounter their fears, their heart rate and blood pressure drop sometimes so much that they faint. Yours truly included. Here's what's going on. Most people with phobias experience what's called a phobic reaction. 
which starts in the brain and moves into the sympathetic nervous system as a part of the body's fight-or-flight response. Along with a spike in heart rate and blood pressure, that response can lead to sweating, trembling, and tense muscles. But sufferers of BII phobia, which triggers when they see blood, anticipate an injury, or get a shot, they have a different reaction. They experience what's called a vasovagal response, which is triggered by the vagus nerve as part of the parasympathetic nervous system. When that nerve goes haywire, it causes a drop in heart rate and blood pressure, and that in turn causes dizziness, sweating, tunnel vision, nausea, and fainting. So why does this happen? Well, there isn't a clear answer, but plenty of experts have ventured a guess. Some researchers think that fainting at the sign of blood is an evolutionary leftover from the instinct to play dead in the presence of danger. Others point to a different evolutionary origin. I mean, if our ancestors were stabbed with a spear or mauled by a lion, a drop in blood pressure would have helped keep blood loss to a minimum and ensure their future survival. And this is no obscure phenomenon. BII phobia affects 3 to 4% of the general population, which translates to nearly 13 million people in the U.S. alone. That's a lot of extra difficulty when it comes to people cutting themselves in the kitchen or getting a COVID shot. Luckily, science says BII phobia can be cured. A 1991 study showed that after five sessions of being exposed to their phobia trigger while tensing muscles in their arms, torso, and legs, up to 90% of people stopped experiencing the majority of their symptoms. But if you've ever wondered why a blood phobia makes you faint while other phobias make you freak, well, it may just be your body trying to protect you from bleeding to death. Womp womp. (laughs) On our show on Monday, we talked about infrasound in a story about how we might be able to use birds as an early detection system for natural disasters, since those disasters can produce infrasound and birds can detect that. Well, that got us thinking about whether humans could ever detect infrasound, and that compelled us to dig up this Curiosity Daily clip from 2018, just in time for Halloween. Here's Ashley with the spooky story. There's a scientific reason why some people get the feeling their house is haunted. You know, you're down in a basement and you just feel this presence around you. It turns out the terror is real, but it's probably not a ghost. It's something even more terrifying than that. The Star Wars holiday special. No, it's not the Star Wars holiday special. Have you seen that? I actually haven't. Do you have it? Do you have access to it? Is it online? I have access to it, and it is the most terrifying thing I have ever seen in my life. Well, the feeling of being haunted is not the Star Wars special, but it could be an expensive problem with the plumbing. That's also pretty bad, I guess. Yeah, or your ventilation system. And we know this because of a quote-unquote ghost story from the 1980s. That's when IT lecturer Vic Tandy was working at a company that made medical equipment. There was one laboratory at the office that had a certain reputation. People just felt like they were being watched in there. And every once in a while, somebody would say they actually saw something in the room with them. Vic figured the stories were all just silly, until they happened to him. One night, he was working in the lab when he began to feel it. He broke out in a cold sweat. And then, just on the edge of his vision, he saw a dark shape that looked like a human figure, but it disappeared when he looked directly at it. Creepy, right? Well, the next day, Vic noticed that a piece of equipment he brought into the lab was vibrating. 
and he calculated that it was responding to a vibration in the air of about 19 hertz. A sound at that frequency would be classified as infrasound, meaning it's just below the range of human hearing. He then pinpointed the source of the sound to an industrial fan, and as soon as the fan was flipped off, the ominous presence disappeared. Nobody ever saw the shape again either, probably because the low vibrations were causing the eyeballs to buzz in their sockets. See, the human ear starts to pick up sounds around 20 hertz, but you can feel sounds lower than that, like if you stand next to a subwoofer at a concert. So when there's a sound you can feel but you can't hear, your body might be thrown into a panic. And this might come from evolution. After all, alligators, rhinos, tigers, and elephants can bellow infrasound frequencies loud enough to be heard for miles. And those animals aren't exactly ones you want to spend a lot of time with. The next time you get that uneasy feeling, you can blame evolution. And maybe think about getting your pipes fixed. Or call the Ghostbusters. <laughs> next story! <laughs> Just kidding, we don't have a next story. But we do have a recap segment. So, Ashley, what did we learn today? Well, we learned that mesokinesia is a newly studied condition where movements like fidgeting, finger tapping, or leg shaking trigger a strong emotional response. This might be because of mirror neurons in the brain that mimic people's intentions and behaviors. Because people fidget when they're nervous, so people with mesokinesia can't help but feel nervous when they see people fidget. I've definitely known people with this affliction and the more I learn about it like the more I feel bad as a co-worker like I know I did some of these things and I know that a co-worker who sat right next to me had some of this going on and I feel so bad you should feel worse that you wouldn't let anybody play music in the office what do you mean Ashley the I can't work while people are playing music writer Everybody has headphones. Come on. You can play music in your own little world. I don't want to feel trapped between my ears. I don't want to feel like I'm wearing a helmet. That's not freedom. <laughs> Sometimes I will not only not listen to music, but I will put on noise-canceling headphones so I can hear even less sound while I'm writing. Because I just can't do it. I can't listen to anything. That's horrific. I wish I could listen to music more often. What's the phobia of hearing anything? What is that? Because you have that, it seems. No, it's just, you know, I'm like to to give myself the most generous explanation. It's that music means a lot to me and it's like a language. And when I'm listening to music, even if there aren't words, it's like someone's talking and I cannot not pay attention to it. Oh, there you go. How's that? That is a generous interpretation. That's a brag. That's a that's a humble brag. Oh, I just can't. Music, I just understand music too well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And then I'm over here editing podcasts, sometimes while listening to music in another Seriously? speaker. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Not a lot. A co- like, a couple times. And it, it'll be like a final edit. It's not, it won't be like an early edit. It'll sure, be like sure. just kind of a... Like Checking a quality stuff. control edit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a QC kind of a deal, but because uh, I love music, and one of my least favorite parts about audio editing is that I can't, I can't jam out, but I can sure. while I'm script writing, so that's all good. I wish I could. Anyway, we also learned that fear of blood, also known as blood injury injection phobia, or BII phobia, is the only phobia that makes your heart rate and blood pressure drop instead of rise. 
While other phobias activate your sympathetic nervous system, or your fight-or-flight response, this phobia activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which can lead to dizziness, sweating, tunnel vision, nausea, and fainting. If this happens to you, a study showed that you could expose yourself to your phobia trigger while tensing muscles in your arms, torso, and legs, and that can help stave off those unpleasant symptoms. Yeah, and there's also the fact that BII phobia is probably genetic. Apparently, more than 60% of sufferers have a first-degree relative with the phobia, and studies have shown that identical twins are more likely to share it than fraternal twins are. And I have a lot of people with this phobia in my family. I have the phobia. My sister has the phobia. My mom has the phobia. I've definitely fainted in doctor's offices. It's like a thing. And whether you suffer from this phobia or not, I want to remind listeners of a fun tip we came up with a few months back where researchers found that if you smile while you get an injection, it can make it hurt less. I actually mentioned this on social media of all places, and someone sent a message saying that she got one of her COVID vaccines and she smiled through it and she said it didn't hurt and that she usually hates needles, uh, but she was able to get through it with that. So give that a shot. <laughs> <laughs> We also learned that if you think you've got a ghost problem, then before you call the Ghostbusters, maybe check for infrasound. That's sound below the range of human hearing, but that our bodies can still feel. And it's pretty creepy. Humans may have developed the ability to detect it because some predators, like lions, can produce infrasounds. And if you're a very long-time listener, one of the first interviews we conducted was with a video game music composer and a music professor at DePaul University named Elliot Kelligan. And Elliot told us that when he does sound design for horror games, like scary video games, he uses infrasound to give an additional sense of, you know, dread and an unsettling feeling to people while they play the game. Of course, only certain speakers will be able to accommodate that, but it is something you'll see implemented in horror media. Fun fact. Yeah, that was, uh, that was everything I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> because I always wonder, it's like speakers are like specifically made for the range of human hearing. That's why they exist. So how could you play infrasound? But I guess maybe enough speaker manufacturers know that this is a thing, so they kind of allow for it. Yeah, I may be a podcaster, but I'm not really an audiophile. Like, I'm yeah. not a person that researches, you know, what thousands of dollars in speakers I should get. So, uh, yeah, we're not the people to ask about <laughs> this. But I do know that they're putting it in horror games just in case. So, uh, yeah. I think that's really cool. Sound, man. More like infra scares. <laughs> you know, I have a unique relationship to sound because I'm a musician and sound is like language. I think I mentioned that earlier. Ah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. should be able to detect this. Why don't they make you an early detection system for... <laughs> there we go. Put a little backpack on me. Make me fly through a storm. Link you up to the uh, International Space Station. Send your GPS data. I'd volunteer. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> Today's writers were Steffi Drucker and Ruben Westmus. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer and audio editor on today's episode. Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff. Want to learn something new in just a few minutes? Who are you going to call? Us! So join us again tomorrow, and, you know, we'll help you do just that. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.